Let us pray. God of mercy, you promised never to break your covenant with us. Amid all the changing words of our generation, speak your eternal word that does not change. Enable us to respond to your gracious promise with faithful and obedient lives through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Today's Old Testament reading is Psalm 25, verses 1 through 10. Listen for the word of the Lord. To you, O Lord, I lift up my soul. O my God, in you I trust. Do not let me be put to shame. Do not let my enemies exult over me. Do not let those who wait for you be put to shame. Let them be ashamed who are, un are wantonly treacherous. Make me to know your ways, O Lord. Teach me your paths. Lead me in your truth and teach me, for you are the God of my salvation. For you I wait all day long. Be mindful of your mercy, O Lord, and of your steadfast love, for they have been from of old. Do not remember the sins of my youth or my transgressions. According to your steadfast love, remember me for your goodness sake, O Lord. Good and upright is the Lord. Therefore, he instructs sinners in the way. He leads the humble in what is right and teaches the humble his way. All the paths of the Lord are steadfast of love and faithfulness for those who keep his covenant and his decrees. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Good morning on this first Sunday in Lent. Let us now go to our gospel reading that comes from Mark 1, verses 14 and 15. Listen again for the word of the Lord. Now after Jesus was arrested, Jesus came to Galilee proclaiming the good news of God and saying, the time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God has come near. Repent and believe in the good news. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. O oh Lord, open our hearts and minds that by the power of your Holy Spirit, that as your word is proclaimed to us today, we may hear what you are saying. Now let the words of your servant's mouth and the meditations of our hearts be pleasing in your sight. O oh Lord, our rock and our redeemer, through Christ. Amen. The sermon uh, title this morning is Turn to Jesus. The Gospel of Mark wastes no time getting to Jesus' ministry. In verses 1 through 8, John preached repentance to prepare the way for Jesus' baptism. And following in verses 9 through 13, the heavens were torn apart, the Spirit descended like a dove on Jesus, and God spoke. The divine drama continued as the Holy Spirit drove Jesus without haste into the wilderness of Judea, where he was tempted for 40 days, wild beasts were tamed, and angels waited on him. At this point, we enter our text, uh, and it is a divine transitional point 
for Jesus' ministry and the kingdom of God. Another kingdom, the Roman Empire, is brooding in the background in the lives of its subjects. The Roman Empire functioned under military dominance, political influence, and force, and emperors who claimed to be the son of God, that God is with a little g. They claim they came heralding the good news, but with temporary power, disappointing expectations, and deadly consequences to those who are radical to their rule and worldview. The Jews under Judaism were also expecting a kingdom to come in the last days of their own, where it was the Messiah who would appear in pomp and power to free the Jewish nation from Roman yoke and to give it dominion over all of its neighbors. To experience the reign of God from a Jewish perspective, one had to do good deeds and works for righteousness so that one could one day enter into it. Our passage also speaks to a new kingdom of God that would come with Jesus, not under dominance or even ideal worldly circumstances, but persecution and fear, and would be initiated by the arrest of John the Baptist. While there were no details as to who or why John was detained, his, arrestment, his arrest would foreshadow what would happen to Jesus but without the divine consequences of salvation. The Greek word for arrest also means to be handed over. And several times in Mark's gospel, the word is used uh, for Jesus, who was handed over to the authorities. In Mark 9, verse 31, the Son of Man is to be betrayed into human hands, and they will kill him. And three days after being killed, he will rise again. Or in Mark chapter 10, verse 41, when Jesus said a third time, the hour has come, the Son of Man is betrayed into the hands of sinners. To be handed over was not an unfortunate timing, uh, but would indicate God's superintending of divine events. John was the forerunner of Jesus, and his time on the scene had come and gone. Now Jesus came to Galilee to begin his ministry. He could have started his ministry anywhere, as you can imagine. Instead of preparing a missionary campaign to premiere his ministry in the bustling city of Jerusalem or anywhere else, he remained in the insignificant place of Galilee. Galilee was, was no paradise. It had no particular draws that would suggest great success. While it was the hometown of uh, uh, Jesus' upbringing, it was a Jewish settler region where rugged and mountainous terrain painted the landscape. Many of us, deep down, feel our lives aren't that much different than how Galilee was viewed, insignificant. In a world where we are told that it can be our oyster, in our insignificance, our hearts sometimes can see ourselves in the barren places and with rough edges, and where our souls are heavy burdened with mountainous baggage. 
too much worry, too much marginalization, too much trouble, and too much oppression can make us feel unworthy. Everyone who suffers and experiences persecution is looking for good news. Good news is welcome news. Good news is comforting news. Good news gives us hope. It is always good when somebody is able to share good news with us. But we must be careful not to turn to the wrong people or illegitimate sources for the good news our hearts desire and need. Like the Roman citizens who were given the empire's version of the good news from the emperors who had a skewed view of God and their kingdom, we can receive empty and hopeless advice from well-intentioned people, even family and friends who can offer only their brokenness. Social media sites have much to say about good news, but often fall short of the transformative good news that profoundly impacts our lives toward God. Despite all of its insignificance, Jesus came to Galilee because it offered promise and opportunity to preach the gospel, the good news, Jerusalem, on the other hand, was a place of intense unfaithfulness and opposition from the temple and religious leaders, which made it less conducive to spreading the word of God. Jesus proclaimed what the gospel writer called the good news of God, or in some versions it might say the gospel of God, found only here in Mark's gospel. The good news of God is more than news about God. It is good news from God made known in Jesus Christ. Romans chapter 1 verse 1 says, Paul, a servant of Jesus Christ, called to be an apostle, set apart for the gospel of God. Peter says in 1 Peter chapter 4 verse 17, For the time has come for judgment to begin with the household of God. If it begins with us, what will be at the end for those who do not obey the gospel of God? The good news in our text refers to the narrative of what Jesus taught and the early traditions of what was said about Jesus as the stories of his life, death, and resurrection. And thus, Jesus himself is the gospel. Jesus is the good news. Even the young children in the children's chapel get this one right every time on Thursdays when we ask them the question, what is the good news? In their cute little voices, we hear Jesus. Without hesitation, Jesus preached a very Presbyterian sermon about himself when he proclaimed, the time is fulfilled. And the kingdom of God has come near. Repent and believe in the good news. The time being fulfilled here is not chronological as we understand time in the hands of a watch. It is God's opportune time 
or the critical time in which Jesus comes to his baptism at the Jordan River, John being handed over to the authorities, and Jesus returning to Galilee to begin his public ministry. God's timing, Cairo's time, was in effect. Jesus preached the kingdom of God came near. Sometimes we want to keep the thought of the kingdom of God in our heads only. But the kingdom of God that has come near would have been understood as a spatial concept of the actual presence of Jesus. The dawn of salvation was upon them and the reality of the reign of God was made personal in Jesus of Nazareth. And brothers and sisters, it would be in that powerful understanding that Jesus called them to have a unique response. Repent and believe in the good news. The first of the two commandments makes us feel pretty uncomfortable. Repent for what? Do Christians even have to repent after trusting in the good news? John the Baptist preached repentance uh, and for his hearers to turn to God. Now Jesus was proclaiming the, the same thing. But he goes on to add the main thing. Believe in the good news. Believing in the good news presupposes that we have turned from something or someone to Jesus. Jesus was saying to his Galilean congregation, as he says to us today through the power of the Holy Spirit, the kingdom of God is present. Look to the good news. Turn to Jesus. We ought to turn to Jesus in all things and situations. What or who is distracting you from turning to Jesus? To stay focused on Jesus, we must navigate through our distractions. Our significance and our insignificance can get in between us and Jesus. Our significance can tell us that we can hold out on Jesus because we have our situation all figured out or that our financial status or reputation speaks louder than God's love and mercy. The good news of Jesus is divine because when everything in life is good or everything we touch turns to gold, we can say, thank you, Jesus. And when circumstances are difficult and there seems to be nowhere else to turn and we must wait on the Lord, we can say, help me, Jesus. When our hearts are help, helpless and our insignificance rules, God's reign and Jesus carries our hearts and can make us whole. In our adversities, failed marriages, academic disappointments, fears of today and tomorrow, difficult diagnosis or the contemplation of our sinfulness before God is where Jesus convicts us, operates in and through our situation, and is waiting for us.
There are also small distractions that we need to consider, such as work, hobbies, home, and extracurricular activities. We must be careful not to make idols that we worship, that we put our backs toward God. We must center our daily rituals around those activities that help us to grow toward Christ versus the other way around. Add your prayer time, Bible study, and fellowship. Add that to your calendar first, and then fill in the rest of your schedule. We must not be too tired for Jesus. We must strive for new and consistent ways of serving in the kingdom of God to which we belong. But we must have a heart for the weak to walk in the kingdom path. Kingdom walking and growing requires us to take off our old shoes and put on our new, path, our new faith shoes so that we might walk in the righteousness of the kingdom of God. Jewish literature of that time divided humans into two classes, the righteous and the unrighteous. The righteous would be rewarded for their obedience to the law, but in Christ, to enter it, we must accept or reject it. As believers, we must make decisions daily to live, not just uh, with a religious outlook, but in the practical faith of caring for the weak, marginalized, abused, and persecuted, the people to whom Jesus first proclaimed the good news. Walking the kingdom path understands the urgency to serve others with the heart of the poor, insignificant, outsiders, and even children who readily find it. In Mark chapter 10, verses 14 and 15, Jesus said, Let the little children come to me. Do not stop them, for it is such as these that the kingdom of God belongs. Truly I tell you, whoever does not receive the kingdom of truly I tell you, whoever does not receive the kingdom of God as a little child will never enter it. Taking the kingdom path requires humility and gratitude, a spirit of service, and a willingness to live a new life. To live the good news life we must turn to Jesus. Not necessarily as a come to Jesus moment when everything has fallen apart, but, but that too. But believing in the good news where Jesus ushers in a new reality amid life's disorders and questions. A new reality where the future for today and tomorrow is hopeful and secure because Christ has drawn near to us and is present. Our Emmanuel, God with us. Social media, TV, Google, and other ways make grand attempts at sharing worldly good news, success stories, and feel-good moments where we are attached to the characters of redemption, forgiveness, and second chances. I am reminded of the film Star Wars, Episode Six: The Return of the Jedi, that has a thrilling conclusion. It is 
the redemption of Darth Vader that captures the audience's heart as he ultimately chooses to save his son and reject the dark side, providing that even the most seemingly irredeemable person can find their way back to the light. While we are given eyes and hearts uh, and minds to see common grace, when we come to Jesus, we will be Christ's redeeming hands and feet that usher in hope, peace, love, and transformation to all we encounter. This is living the good news life. Brothers and sisters, the call to turn to Jesus is simple, but the execution requires faith. Repent and believe in the good news. Turn to Jesus. Turn to Jesus when life is good. Turn to Jesus when life offers us sour grapes. Turn to Jesus when we don't know where else to turn. Set your distractions aside so that you can see Christ clearly in reading the scriptures. When you pray without ceasing, in your worship and praise and in your daily living. Have a heart for the weak and needy. Know that Jesus is already present and the kingdom is waiting for us to enter into it. Believing in the good news entails renewing and deepening our reliance on the King, Jesus. Despite our insignificance, Jesus sees our hearts as a place of renewing promise and opportunity for the gospel. Now all we must do is turn to Jesus. We must proclaim the good news and tell the world that the kingdom of God is near in Jesus. The time has been fulfilled that we might receive and grow in love and service for our neighbors. Will you turn to Jesus today? Amen.